1: Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. Uh, my name is Britton, also known as Archaic Honey on Instagram and now on Twitter.
0: Hi Jay. Hi! I'm so glad that you have joined us over here on the the Twitter sphere, the Bird app as they call it. Um, how is how is Twitterland treating you?
1: Oh my gosh! The Angry Bird app—that's <laughs> what I call it—is the Angry Bird app. It's been it's been really fun. I had an old account under my username, Archaic Honey, and um, I hadn't used it since like 2017. And I went back to it uh, because I I just wanted to kind of like expand my reach and like kind of get into an alternate form of social media. And uh, I was reading through my old tweets from my Saturn return years and I was just, it was so cringe worthy. So I found an app to delete all my old tweets and just start fresh because it was just like major bad flashbacks of Saturn return years where I was just doing really like weird things and drinking a lot. <laughs> it a
0: completely different Britain.
1: Oh, very different, Britain. And it yeah. So I I started fresh and I've been really enjoying tweeting and connecting with people through that platform. It's been really fun. Um, but as you know, um people like to disagree on Twitter quite a bit. So there's been a little bit of uh um disagreements happening here and there but that's fine people don't always have to agree with you and um the theme of our show today is around gatekeeping and i've been called a gatekeeper of three times in the (laughs) week that i have been on twitter so
0: how dare you
1: (laughs) i know i'm just an evil 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 gatekeeper over here
0: yeah well, you know what? The best of us have all been called gatekeepers, and to be honest, at this point, I'm really kind of seeing it as a badge of honor but i as far as social media platforms go, I find Twitter to be at least for me the most calm app. I mean, it definitely has its moments, but I feel like people who are on twitter. Are a little bit of an older demographic because Twitter has been around for a while, as opposed to like when you go over to TikTok and everyone's 14 and just full of angst, um, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different, but something that we were talking about earlier that I think is definitely worth mentioning is that people who are female presenting on social media get a much different response than those who are male response, uh, who are presenting, presenting. That's the word. God, we're, Mercury retrograde has taken my entire vocabulary <laughs> this time, yes. um, which we're also in the middle of, which is making things very interesting. The The Twitter sphere has been very angry. A lot of social media has been very angry lately. And I think that's partially to do with the fact that we've all been stuck inside, but also partially to the fact that it's Mercury in retrograde. But like I was saying, I, I find that those who are female presenting will post the same thing as me and get a bunch of crap for it but when i post the same thing as them people are like wow this is so wise and i'm like do we not see (laughs) what's happening here
1: right i know i noticed that as well with like um other folks uh female presenting folks on twitter and whatnot and the feedback they get and whatnot Mm. um yeah it's it's Definitely a different realm of social media. I've, like I said, I've really been enjoying it, but there is a different vibe there than say on Instagram. And interestingly, I, I really find Instagram and maybe it's just because I've been building my community there for a while. I have find it a little more gentle on Instagram than I do on Twitter Um, because it seems like, you know, Twitter is a platform. It seems shaped and uh, oriented towards debate. Mm hmm. So yeah. yeah,
0: I find all platforms that have like a very strict limit on the number of characters that you can use to be very aggravating in a lot of ways, because especially nowadays, where everyone wants every single post to encapsulate every facet of the human experience of everyone who has ever lived throughout time. And I'm like, I only have like, what, like 120 characters or something like that on Twitter. I'm like, I, I cannot do that. Sorry that right? I didn't include your very specific circumstances. Like,
1: I know that is one of the most aggravating things about social media when you're trying to like educate or share your experience and whatnot is like somebody will always come out of the woodwork and be like, well, what about XYZ? And it's like, I have a limited amount of space to express what it is i'm trying to express so i cannot encapsulate the the entirety of it um and if you want more like go read a blog post or something like that where more can be shared but it's like we are really limited in what we can share on social media
0: but you can't tell people to to go look at at blog posts because they may not have access to computers and the internet and blogs uh The one of one of the people I follow on Twitter the other day posted something about how how reading is really important for um, you know, your magical education. And this person got after her and was super mad because apparently where they live, they live in a place where books just um don't exist. Um and how dare she tell somebody to do that when there are people in the world living in places where books don't exist? I don't even know, but I'm like, the internet has gone off the rails, which is really why we're doing this episode today.
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, most, even the tiniest towns have a local library. Uh, This town, just outside of where I live, um, is a population of like 350 people, and they've got a library. So, Yeah, the the access
0: is out there. I mean, no offense to people who are living in places without books, but... I'm not sure why you would live in a place without books and still have podcasts, but you know, we all, we all live our own unique life here in this world. Indeed um, we do. But today we're going to be talking about um, the the dreaded G word, uh, which is gatekeeping. And it's something that we see a lot, especially in the cyber witch community. We see people getting called gatekeepers, we see people um, get accused of gatekeeping, all this stuff. So let's start just from the very beginning. What even is gatekeeping?
1: So we're going to start off with the dictionary definition of gatekeeping. And that is, one, the activity of controlling and usually limiting general access to something. Or two, a function or system that controls access to operations to files, computers, networks, or the like. So that's the like proper definition of gatekeeping. But what Jay and I have noticed, especially in the realm of social media, is it a word? That, it's a word that gets thrown around willy nilly. And I think we really have to think about exactly what's happening when you feel that something is being gatekept. So really like the word itself, a gatekeeper, there's somebody there mediating a space and kind of like preventing you from getting into that space. Mm -hmm. But very often what I see is somebody making an opinion or sharing their experience and that person disagreeing and being like, Oh, you're gatekeeping.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. just just call anything on the internet that you don't like gatekeeping and I think kind of what where this sort of stems from is there's a sort of idea especially within the witch community that everything is personal everything means something different to everybody which means that I can absolutely misuse this word or this term or this phrase um, to mean something completely different than it actually means because that's my right and my prerogative but that's not how the world works. That's not how witchcraft works. We don't get to just assign new meaning to things because we feel like it. But that's something that's happening a lot, I think, with this word. So I, I think going forth, we should make it just very clear that we, when we're talking about gatekeeping, we're talking specifically about trying to limit someone's access to something. And once we kind of frame it as that, it's very easy to see what is gatekeeping and what is not. So, so we'll kind of go into that a little bit. Um, But you mentioned earlier that you've already been, (laughs) been called on, on the twatter machine, um, that you, you are a gatekeeper. What, what were you gatekeeping?
1: So um, (laughs) I could pull up my tweet that I posted where I was being accused of gatekeeping. And this is what I said. Witchcraft has swung too far in a capitalistic self-help culture and needs to come back to its gravitational pull, being in service to the earth and land we inhabit. So my primary criticism within this tweet is capitalism creeping into witchcraft. That was Mm -hmm. my criticism. We are all of the earth. Our bodies come from the earth. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had quite a few people expressing to me, That I was gatekeeping, I don't know how, by degrading others' people's practice, and then not all witches practice in an earth centered way. I don't know how they equate that to gatekeeping,
0: but that didn't stop anybody from doing anything.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. I wasn't telling anyone what they can and cannot do. Like that's literally impossible for me to do on a platform such as Twitter. Um, So, yeah, I was accused of gatekeeping through that. Well, and it's so
0: important, too, because like, sure, maybe not all witches, you know, follow a path that is specifically Earth focused and Earth based. and, And that's true. But all of us still live on earth, we all inhabit the earth, we come from the earth, the plants, the stones, the things and the tools that we use come from the earth. So if we're going to be using so much from something, even if your practice is more deity focused, or you know, the universe or whatever it is, um, you still have to hold a very significant place for the earth in your practice and for nature and the elements and things like that. Cause no matter what your practice is, it has to be anchored in the earth. Um, unless you're using absolutely no tools and you're from a different planet, um, in which case maybe, but otherwise it's going to be earth anchored at least.
1: Exactly. And when we look back at like the traditional, uh, records and trial records of witchcraft, I mean, very often they were using elements from the earth in their practice Mm-hmm. So I also encountered, you know, the deity equation in gatekeeping is like, well, what if you're a witch and you just work with deity? So in that, what in the, in, in particular, in the conversation that I was having was like Hellenic deity. And I used to be a practicing Hellenic polytheist. And what I suggested was that, you know, deities often either rule over an earthly realm and or mm-hmm. come from an earthly and or celestial place. It's, it's the cosmology. So I was just like, how is that not yet still connected to the earth? And and ultimately, what it came down to was that I was indeed being a gatekeeper. Um, <laughs> I wasn't withholding any information whatsoever. I wasn't telling people where they could and could not go. I was just trying through my experience mm-hmm. to share with other folks that, hey, remember, we are of the earth. That's all right. Which is, it's not, that's not even a hot take. Like,
0: that's not even even a lukewarm take. That's simply like, hey, we should take care of the earth. And then people are like, how dare you? I've seen this happen a lot of times over kind of cyber internet or witchcraft communities. My most favorite and least favorite example of this was um, one day somebody posted like, hey, if you're going to be using like hoodoo, or any magic from the African, you know, diaspora, we're going to need you to, I don't know, show some respect to black folks. Mm-hmm. And the comments underneath was just a shitstorm of people screaming, like, How dare you gatekeep me from this? How dare you, um, you know, do that? And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you're going to use the magic from these people. And then you're going to be really mad when someone says to you, I don't know, have to have respect for these people, at least like a little bit. Like, right, yeah. Gatekeeping. How dare you tell me I have to be nice to Black people? Like, that concerns me a lot when it comes mm-hmm. to kind of the, the internet witch community and, and when they cry gatekeeping.
1: Right, yeah. So what I've noticed is that it seems to be a hot word that folks like to use to shut down the other person or to stop them in their tracks from their the expression of what it is they're trying to say. Because as soon as you hear the word gatekeeper, you're like, oh, hold up, right. you know. So it's certainly a word that gets used in, I would say, kind of like leftist, social justice-oriented circles and whatnot and so there are these like keywords that can um trigger the the like stopping of a conversation or like calling a person out dead stop mm-hmm. so i think that's what you know folks are are kind of trying to utilize this word as a weapon in a way mm-hmm. when they're disagreeing with something
0: Absolutely. And people will weaponize that wokeness really intensely. And it's something that I run into a lot as well, where it's like, someone will post something that's just completely inaccurate about like, you know, like Mexican folk magic or or, or something that I do. And they will post something really inaccurate. And I'll be like, um, Hey, that's actually not true. Like, <laughs> Guadalupe and La Santa Muerte are not the same spirit. And people will weaponize wokeness and immediately respond with like, Oh, so you're silencing people of color. And it's like, um, no, but since you've taken it there, like, we're not allowed to have a conversation anymore because we've gone there. So people will indeed do that. And I think that's what we're seeing happening a lot with, with the term gatekeeper mm-hmm. um, people are trying to weaponize wokeness in order to, in order to, I, and honestly, I don't know a lot of the time because when I see people yelling gatekeeping or, or accusing people of gatekeeping, it's often in moments where they really actually should be listening. Like, especially like, um, people are, are going to go do something very dangerous and someone's like, Hey, before you go do that, I just want you to be really careful. I want you to slow down. Maybe don't do that just yet. And people start screaming like, Oh my God, you're gatekeeping me. Um, like and we see this a lot especially with the traditions that come from marginalized communities these are things like you know i was talking about with the uh, the african diaspora earlier where we have like santeria and things like that everyone you know w- wants to be you know a child devotion or whatever but nobody wants to get initiated and when people are like hey you should be initiated in this because that's respectful and the tradition to not only you know the people that this comes from but also the spirits that you're trying to work with Um, But people don't want to do that. They see that as gatekeeping. Um, But sometimes the gate is kept for a reason. Some of these paths, some of these types of magic from around the world have very hot spirits that Mm -hmm. will fuck you up if you do not approach this in the way that you're supposed to. And so like... (laughs) if if we put a lot of this, this conversation about gatekeeping into the real world, what it would look like is people at the zoo, like climbing into the tiger pen and the zookeepers being like, Hey, that's dangerous. How about you don't do that? And people just screaming, like, don't tell me what to do. Um, and going in and getting eaten. Like that's, that's what a lot of this looks like. Or, um, on TikTok too, I have seen people Mixing household chemicals in like witch jars and then yell gatekeeper at people who are like, hey, that's dangerous. You will die.
1: Right. Oh, it's so wild. Kind of going back to uh, what you were sharing about weaponizing wokeness is a really excellent podcast that I've been listening to lately that I recommend our listeners to check out. It's a podcast called Fucking Cancelled. And um, they really explore the uh, the left and cancel culture and and like you said that weaponizing of wokeness and mm-hmm. it's really an excellent podcast for perspective in how to kind of like uh, navigate conversations that you have with other folks around this stuff. And um, so yeah, that's just a podcast recommendation for anyone curious about kind of navigating that world. And um, creating a culture of like compassion and empathy rather than just like shutting each other down and like inhibiting growth. Like people can change and Mm -hmm. people can realize where they were wrong or they were right. And yeah, it's just a really good podcast. That sounds great. And I've actually been meaning to
0: um, check that out because you have been posting a lot about it and it does look really good. And I think it's something that we really need right now because what I'm noticing is that no one's actually out there doing the work. I mean, I mean there, there are people out there who are doing the work, but there, there's not big movements to go out there and make the world better. There are only movements to yell at people more on the internet, and that's not making any actual real world change. That's not actually doing anything other than making everything way worse. Um, So I would much rather people shut up on the internet and go out into the world and actually do something to help people, to benefit the world, to turn something around, to, you know, actually go to a Black Lives Matter protest or whatever, instead Mm -hmm. of yelling at some person on the internet because they use the word Becky. Like, we need to, we need to do the the actual work.
1: Right. Yeah. And it becomes uh, an echo chamber. And, and it's, we start eating each other alive, you know, and nothing really gets done. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So I'm curious, Jay, I just explored where I had been called a gatekeeper. What about you? Have you had any encounters with this?
0: (laughs) So yes, I have mostly in like Facebook groups which I have actually stayed out of for a long time people should be proud of me because I know I've talked about that before how I need to just leave these damn Facebook groups so I I have I've been very much off of that whole thing for a while here but um somebody posted in one of the Facebook groups like hey can somebody just give me a complete education in, in graveyard work like first of all like that's even possible to do in the comments of a Facebook thread to be like okay yeah here is everything that you will ever need to know a complete education in graveyard work <laughs> like that's not how this works like i would need to sit down with you for like hours if not days or weeks or take you to the graveyard like like this is this is not something that you just kind of go oh connect a to b and then you're in you're in business that's not how it works and so i commented something on it that was like hey um because and i also noticed too that they were commenting in it saying like, oh, like, cause they were going to go there this weekend or whatever and do something, but they had no idea what they were doing. And I was like, Hey, maybe we should pump the brakes, um, and, and get some more thorough education before we do this. And they're like, and a bunch of people jumped on it and were like, were like, wow, this is gatekeeping. Like, why not instead of you telling them not to do something, you teach them how, and I'm like, because I would have to stop every two seconds on the internet and spend several hours with somebody in order to educate them for free Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then move on. And the idea that it's gatekeeping to tell somebody not to do something, but then not follow that up with a complete education on the subject is ridiculous. None of us have time to do that. And none of us are getting paid to do that (laughs) for free online. Um, so I, I've been called a gatekeeper for doing things like that, for being like, Hey, maybe, you know, this seems dangerous. How about we not for a minute? Um, and, and it's not, not ever. And it's not, you shouldn't do this because you're a girl or because this, or because that is just like, Hey, no, totally do that. But maybe not yet. Um, but, but people cannot handle no these days people. And I think that's why we're seeing, a lot of this gatekeeping discourse is because people don't know how to react when somebody tells them no. So mm-hmm. they have to throw a mm-hmm. So I think that that's what we're seeing a lot of. Um, so, I, you know, I think at this point, I was one of the first people, at least around me that I saw to very proudly say, yes, I'm a gatekeeper because I don't want people to die doing this work. Like I will, I will gatekeep you. If I see you going to mix bleach and ammonia in your hex jar, I will smack it out of your hands and tell you do not do that. Uh, And one day you will thank me.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, it really makes me think of the um, kind of like, I guess, cliche or stereotypical apprentice and mentor relationship. It makes me think of the movie Kill Bill, Mm -hmm. where Beatrix is being trained by the, like, samurai master, I believe. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't. Yeah. And, like, there were certain things that she could not do yet until she completed the first steps. And, like, he kind of beat the shit out of her a couple of times before she could, like, go to those next steps and, like, ascend. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's there for a reason because we can get ourselves in hot water... If we don't check ourselves and like maybe stop at the gate and like peek through it to see what's on the other side before we step through it. So a lot of the time it's really just like can be in certain situations appropriate for a person to sell you no Mm. and to like stop you in your tracks and be like, hey, maybe consider this or maybe consider that before you proceed.
0: Well, and it's so interesting. And I, I always love putting witch things into real world terms because then we can see how ridiculous it is a lot of the time. So like, it's it's so funny that it's like, you know, people who are, who are very anti-gatekeeping and it's like, well, okay. We have to remember though, first and foremost, that witchcraft is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And very much like driving, driving is dangerous. And in order to drive, you have to be of a certain age. You have to read, you have to like reach certain medical... Criteria mm-hmm. in order to be able to drive. You have to take a test and then you have to be safe with it. And if you are not safe with it, then your right to drive will be taken away from you. Um, you need to wear safety equipment, things like that, which is all technically gatekeeping. But we can see why it's useful <laughs> because imagine just putting like anybody, like your five year old, uh, behind the wheel of your Subaru and just being like, go. Um, that's not a good idea. Similarly, I used to work in a a scientific laboratory and there's a reason why they don't allow just anyone to walk in off the street and just walk into the lab and start mixing chemicals. (laughs) You have to show credentials in order to go over to this place because if you don't, you will die and all the people around you will die as well. There are certain things in that lab that if I had mixed them incorrectly, everybody in that room would have died. Like, so... It's, it's always crazy when people don't think that these very, I I guess, understandable limits are placed around things like witchcraft. And I think it circles back around to people not liking to be told no.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And I really love how you overlaid like real world practicality into that. And one thing that I was just thinking of is like, yeah, say you do pass the driver's test and then you decide you're going to drive drunk. And then you get your license revoked. Like there are like checks in place to make sure you're not like fucking up. And so the DMV will be like, "Mm, no, or whoever, whoever's in charge will be like, "Uh, no, you're done here. You know, so having these checks in place can be really helpful, even though it can hurt at times to be told no or to maybe like, hey, slow down Mm -hmm. Um, There's no rush in in witchcraft. Like this is a lifelong practice. We don't need to rush through. And if you're new to to witchcraft or to folk magic and, and these practices, it can feel, especially if you're on social media and absorbing all this information, there can be a sense of urgency, but yeah, just really encouraging you if you're in that place where you're like, well, I need to know everything right now and I need to do, I need to do the graveyard work and I need to do the the jar spells and all this. Just slow down. There's no
0: rush. Yeah. There is no, there is no rush. And especially in this world where everyone likes to talk so openly about how they have no egos or they're too spiritually evolved for egos or anything like that. That's a big thing that I see a lot of people talk about. But that inability to hear no is also an ego response. That is how you've punctured my ego. I don't like it. Now I'm going to call you a gatekeeper. Uh, is something that we see that we see a lot. Um, and I think it's so weird that people can can simultaneously hold both <laughs> in their hands, be like, I have no ego. Oh my god, I can't believe you just told me no. Like, <laughs> and especially too. And I like that you bring up this idea of kind of like drunk driving because. A lot of times when people are told like, hey, you shouldn't be doing the drunk driving, a lot of times their response is like, well, you know, it's just me. I'm just, you know, it's it's only affecting me or whatever. And it's like, no, you can hurt somebody else with this. And the same thing can be said about witchcraft. Witchcraft is dangerous, not just for you, but if you do this spell wrong, if you get too big for your britches, if you cast something towards somebody else, either intentionally or unintentionally, like it's going to be a problem. You can hurt other people. It's like, I always tell people that witchcraft is like a loaded weapon. Like you can use it mm-hmm. to protect yourself or you can really fuck somebody up with it. And if you're out there harming other people with it and someone's like, hey, you need to not do that. Um, it's, it's very similar to kind of like that whole drunk driving idea. It's, it's just not okay.
1: Right. Yeah. That was actually those exact words that you used was one of the first things that I heard when I entered into witchcraft is like, this is a loaded gun. And you mm-hmm. need to be careful with it. And I, I, I'm always baffled by folks who are like, yeah, I have no ego. Like, isn't it egoic <laughs> to say you have no ego? Like, how is right? that
0: possible? <laughs> I I always love it because it's like, these, these people are like, these people who allegedly have no ego or who have gone through, you know, ego death or or whatever it is that they call it. Are always the ones who are here, like looking down on us poor plebeians who still have an ego. And I'm like,
1: we don't see what's happening here. Look. Well, you know, they lost their ego at the ayahuasca resort. <laughs>
0: they did. They left it behind. That or like at a music festival when they did the shrooms, and now they're filled with eternal wisdom. It happens.
1: It really does happen. So. Uh-huh. What about unethical gatekeeping? What about like the real gatekeeping that's happening? Um yes. where have you encountered that?
0: I have seen that before and yes, I know I know we've been bitches up until this point. Um but yes, it is true that that there is unethical gatekeeping. There is bad gatekeeping in the world. And so we don't want to say that all gatekeeping is good, but not everything that makes you uncomfortable is gatekeeping. Is kind of what we're getting at here. But as far as unethical gatekeeping is concerned, I see this a lot, um, especially when it comes to um, money in the craft. I see this a lot because people get very sort of elitist about what the materials have to be and all that stuff. And sometimes you are following like a ceremony that requires something like a, a, a copper plated dagger or whatever it is. Like sometimes you do have that. But what I see a lot of is people being like, oh, you're not a real witch if you're using dollar store candles. Or like, you know, if if your candles aren't made out of 100% beeswax, then you're XYZ or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Where it comes to money things, financial things. Because as you said in that tweet that you were reading earlier, the witchcraft world has swung into capitalism or capitalism has invaded. I'm not, maybe a little bit of both, but... Capitalism has shown up in witchcraft and has manifested as, oh, you need these things, you need these oils, you need these types of candles, you need this kind of thing um, in order to be a witch. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: think that's very dangerous because we have to remember, too, that the witches of ye old days were not just balling with all their gold chains and hella money and getting the, the penthouse cottage or whatever. No, these were crusty old hags out on the edge of the village, living off of plants and shit growing in their front yard. Um, Yeah. Like to, so to say that you have to spend a bunch of money to be a witch concerns me a lot.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And you know, It's really funny what I've noticed on Twitter with my criticisms of capitalism and witchcraft interweaving with each other is like the moment that you begin this criticism, people get really defensive. It's like, hmm, interesting. It's like you're almost defending capitalism. Um, Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But I completely agree with you. And that's kind of why I want to disrupt this uh, very like overly materialized witchcraft aesthetic that seems to be happening in this pop culture, witchcraft movement that seems to be happening right now or has been happening. um, I would say more intensely over the last, like maybe five years or so, because like we have witchcraft and cosmopolitan for goodness sake. If, if that's even still a magazine, I don't know if they're online only or (laughs) not. Um, But Yeah, this, like, aesthetic that you must have all of these things and amassing all of these trinkets in order to do witchcraft feels rather incorrect.
0: Wait, are you saying that I'm still a witch even if I don't own the $500 black backpack from Killstar? (laughs) Can that be so? Oh, my goodness, Um, right? it's happening. One of the other places, too, where I see the gatekeeping happen is around like either gender or ethnicity and the gender one is one that we don't see a lot anymore except for in certain circles or in certain books i guess that have come out recently um that state that you can only be a witch if you are a woman Mm -hmm. is what a lot of a lot of them say or kind of trend towards which it's problematic for so many reasons because first of all it's just it's not even true And a lot of them, when they start to defend this argument, will pull out like this idea of personal anatomy as being part of it. Like, oh, all magic comes from the womb, which is also very problematic. And then it ends up becoming um, very kind of transphobic very quickly, um, as well as erasing a lot of history in which men have been known as witches. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a very weird take to have um, that that your gender identity has something to do with, you know, whether or not you are allowed to be a witch. Right. Um, And similarly too, we're seeing that with, um, you know, with our, our ethnic or cultural background. And I see this TikTok is the worst for it because I see people posting on my stuff all day, every day. Like, can I do this spell where you put a lime in some salt um, because I wanted to know because I'm only 20% Puerto Rican and 30% Mexican and like the rest is like European or something like that. Am I allowed to put a lime in a dish of salt? Like, (laughs) I'm like, you, you poor baby, (laughs) do not put this type of decision into the hands of internet strangers. Right. Like do not do that. And do not, Limit yourself. And and this whole weird thing that we've gone into about like, oh, you can only practice these things if you are from this specific cultural background, blah, blah, blah. Those things, I I don't want to say those things don't matter because they do matter. But what I think matters the most is the respect that we have for the practice that we are are doing. Absolutely. If, say, somebody who is white wants to come in and do brujería, like they can, that's fine, as long as they are following the traditions and respecting the people and like falling in line where they're supposed to be, where we have a problem is when people are just like, Oh, I have a statue of Guadalupe. Therefore I'm a Bruja, but I'm actually doing Wicca. Like that's, that's the problem that we have. And while also being super racist towards Mexicans, that -hmm. does happen. And that's when it's a problem, but yeah this this whole idea that just that that your dna ancestry.com percentages dictate what kinds of magic you're able to do gets very scary very quickly because then we get into like purity like like pure blood nationalism and and and, and then it starts going into nazi territory really quickly very uh, based on your genetic makeup what you're allowed to do places you're allowed to be that gets very scary very quickly and it concerns mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Purity culture is really strange to me. Um, It's, yeah, very puritanical and um, mm, not good when we start getting to like purity values about things and whatnot. And like you were saying, you know, you know, like say for myself and wanting to practice hoodoo, Mm -hmm. um, respecting the source respecting the elders of the tradition like that comes hand in hand with it like understand where it's coming from and that respect of source and whatnot Mm -hmm. and and veneration of it is is key um one of the areas that i've noticed some unethical gatekeeping is within like coven constructs uh Mm -hmm. when interacting with other people and being like Oh, in order to gain access to this information, you need to sleep with me or you need to have sex with me or something like that. I've seen it and it's Mm -hmm. really, really disgusting. And I know a lot of newcomers to witchcraft, at least for myself, speaking from experience, I felt that in order to be a witch or in order to practice, I needed to be initiated There was, and maybe this was like a phase of witchcraft, like in like 2008, I just had this impression from everyone that I was reading information from that I needed to be initiated by another human being in order to gain access to the information. And what I noticed a lot of it was, well, not a lot of it, but some of it was sexual initiation, which does exist and Mm -hmm. can be ethical. But this idea that I need to sleep with some crusty old white man in order to get information and access to practices, that is unethical gatekeeping. That's disgusting gatekeeping. And if you encounter that, run, run, run.
0: And tell other people. <laughs>
1: and tell other people. <laughs>
0: so that they don't try and join that coven. Because you're right, that does happen. We actually have um a coven in my area that I've heard is very similar in that regard. And it's very scary, the fact that someone would create that where it's like, yeah, I'm this icky old man. And my coven is mysteriously full of young, very pretty women. Um, Now you must have sex with me in order to be a part of this. That's very scary.
1: Right. It almost sounds like a cult, maybe. Maybe a little, a little bit of a cult. little, little bit of a, of a cult. Yeah. Now, didn't
0: you say that you nearly had a sexual um uh, initiation that was actually fairly ethical as, as how they had sort of built it or the idea yes. of it?
1: Yes, I did almost uh, embark on that, but I was in a situation where I didn't have a partner to do the ritual with or the rite.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so this particular tradition it was a sexual initiation, but you did it with your partner. Mm-hmm. You did it with a consenting person that you were already intimate with. And at the mm-hmm. time, I did not have a person who I felt... You know, because you want that person to all because it's an initiation for them, too. So you don't want to just bring some rando that you matched with on Tinder to be like, hey, you want to come do this like crazy sex ritual with me so I can get initiated into the coven?
0: (laughs) I can just hear like the car revving engine on their way to come meet you.
1: Right. And it reminds me of the meme that I've seen floating around. It's like my hot witch wife. And me (laughs) doing anything she wants. Right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. My husband
0: is occasionally like that. He's like, "Whatever. Well, I'll I'll do what you say." And I'm like, "That's right." Right. Um, but that's interesting, though, that you're talking about you know not going through with it because you didn't have the things, or or maybe you were not in the right place, or whatever it is. And I think that that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about having respect for the tradition, respect for the culture, to know when you no longer have a place in it, mm-hmm. or to be able to hear no and take that with grace that's also part of the respect so like in your instance you're like hey you know what i don't have the stuff for this you can't provide that for me so it looks like at this moment we're just going to discontinue and that's okay and that's nobody's fault and nobody's gatekeeping you similarly you know you may go to get um initiated in 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 santeria and they do the divination that says you know what the orisha are saying right now You know, you're not a good candidate for this. So we will not be moving you forward. You have to have respect for that culture to say, okay, I understand because that is part of doing it is to follow this stuff. And sometimes, sometimes they're like, right now is not the time. And so to have that grace to go forth like that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. And I've shared this before on the podcast, I believe where I had um, dipped my toes into Kimbanda Mm -hmm. and that is an initiatory tradition And I had been given the divination and the go-ahead to be initiated. And I kind of came to a juncture in that path where I was like, you know, this is not for me. Um, This doesn't feel appropriate at this time. Maybe it's something I'll revisit later on down the road. But for Mm. now, this isn't for me. And that is a form of gatekeeping. They were like, you know, in order to proceed any further, in order to engage with these spirits on a deeper level, you need to be initiated in and I and you do. Because mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier, these are really hot spirits that will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have the training and the know-how on how to work with them. So I kind of just like hit a wall and I was like, you know what? This is as far as I'm gonna go, and I'm just gonna leave it peacefully. No, there was like no hard feelings on either party. We're just like, "Okay, you know, we're gonna go our separate ways, and I learned a lot mm-hmm. and and moved on. So that is a form of gatekeeping that can happen. and it it it's really a test of our character when we come to the gate and we can't go any further. Mm-hmm. Um so like really understanding your own character flaws and doing like a personal inventory is like, why do you want this so bad? Mm-hmm. What, what's the, the purpose of this? So some real deep self-examination, I think, is, is goes hand in hand with witchcraft and, and these practices, is deep examination Gosh. and to check our egos at the door.
0: And I think that's really interesting that you say is kind of like a test of character. And, and I do find that to be true, where um, I find it to be very telling how people react or respond when they're told no. And I talked about this on kind of a a previous episode where sometimes people will come to me and be like, hi, you need to join our coven. And they don't even know me in real life. They just know kind of what my Instagram presence is. And I will often be like, no, thank you. Simply just to see how they're going to respond. Mm -hmm. Because if they then come back threatening me or whatever it is, then they've shown their true colors. And I think that that can happen too in some of these traditions, where they're like, okay, like in order to get through this, you need to have an initiation. If someone pitches a fit, then clearly the maturity is not there to handle what they're about to try and show you. Um, that's 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 a big that that's a big thing for me is kind of that test of character idea um, mm-hmm. is really important. And some folks are out here showing their colors <laughs> like no other. So where I think we should go from here is where do we see gatekeeping in the kind of witchcraft community, but outside of people? And so for instance, where I would start with this is I always find it hilarious when people talk about how bad gatekeeping is and that nobody should ever do it ever, but they are devoted to or have all these statues of Hecate. Who, who has all them keys for a reason. <laughs> she is a gatekeeper. She is a gate guardian. So even sometimes the spirits themselves are guardians of thresholds, are guardians of gates. This is something that we run into a lot in, in witchcraft is this idea of gatekeeping. The spirits will do it. That's why a lot of these spirits that are like tricksters are also guardians of thresholds because they're there to make sure that, no, that the people who aren't supposed to get through don't get through.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with the the Hecate thing. Um, another gatekeeper that I've encountered, or I feel personally, this is personal gnosis, that there are gatekeepers Hermes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, we do encounter these deities that represent gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: crossroads spirits, things yep. like yep. that.
1: Hmm. Yep. yep. And kept. And <laughs> you know, I have been told by by deities that no we do not proceed any further here you know and i don't pitch a fit being like but why Hecate? <laughs> you know right so you just respect the no and mm. you move along and you work with what you have um i have experienced some gatekeeping in in the sense that um there's a person who i encountered on social media whose content i really liked and i think one of the things that they promoted was that they just didn't withhold information about their practices and that they were to that they were going to share it with everyone yet one day when i had shared something on social media they followed up with a comment saying like well this is how i do it but i'm not going to share it with you and I was like, but isn't your whole like vibe like sharing this with everyone? And I didn't press them for any information. And the the comment came free will of their own. I wasn't asking for anything. And and it was just sort of like, I don't know, they were trying it seemed to me they were trying to create an air of mystery for me to approach them asking for more. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't. So that's something that I've encountered. There was just like a little, it felt a little trickstery.
0: Yeah, those things I don't I don't do those interactions, I don't fuck with that. I've also too like in in the community have experienced things where people have shared something. And then had other people like DM them and tell them that they needed to take it down because what they were sharing wasn't appropriate um, and that they were giving away certain secrets, blah, 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 only to then like either publish a book on that topic or um, then make their own post on that topic or things like that. So like people, people will try and gatekeep in order to make sure that they're the ones who are giving the, the information a lot of the time too, which is, very weird. They, they want to be like the source of the information at all times.
1: Yes, they do. And that's the thing that I've encountered in my Twitter experience recently on my criticisms of capitalism and witchcraft is that these folks who are like seemingly disagreeing with me or just reiterating the same information that I shared, like they, it's an ego thing you know, like it really is because they want to be the ultimate source of the information to attract more followers, make more money, etc. Um, and it's it's a shame to see because I really just want all of us to get along. I'm an Aries. I, I like to keep things simple. And yeah. even though we are pigeonholed as people who like to fight Aries, really, they, they don't necessarily always want to fight. They want to fight for like justice and they want to defend their friends but they're not out to like start trash fires willy-nilly
0: yeah we're not just here to bust people up we just have a lot of really big feelings yes we do okay it's okay um and kind of coming back to this idea of kind of like how we see gatekeeping out in the world and something that you and i have talked about before um is plants Mm -hmm. that will be gatekeepers as well
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there are some definite, like gatekeeper plants. i um, trying to think of a few right now. I've honestly have been a little because we had a drought here and we're moving into fall and winter here. Um, the plants have not been as present in my life. But mm-hmm. interestingly, you know, I feel that most plants are gatekeepers. You have yeah, to approach yeah. them with respect and reverence before mm-hmm. you get the information. Um, so it it really is interesting, kind of like what you were talking about earlier about practical real-world gatekeeping mm-hmm. that keeps us safe. You know, plants do the same thing. You're not just going to, like, walk up to Datura and eat their seeds and expect to have a good trip. Right. They're going to spank you. Yeah,
0: exactly. Absolutely. If you don't know how to approach them, if you don't know how to handle them respectfully, you're going to have a bad time. Mm -hmm. This includes a lot of our witchcraft plants, even beyond the poisonous ones. This goes to nettle. This goes to all kinds of things. If you don't have the respect, they're going to spank you.
1: Right. And then we can think of, um, now it's starting to come back to me, gatekeeping plants such as poison ivy or poison oak. They hold a liminal space for land to heal. They are literally like, I will fuck your skin up if you go any further, Mm -hmm. you know, and like Bramble Thickets or Rose, for example, holds boundaries as well as hawthorn. These are boundary holding plants um, that are there to communicate with you in front of the gate. And then if you approach them respectfully, they might let you beyond the gate and like into the deeper mysteries of what they have to share with you.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, with all of this in mind, at the end of this episode here, what is what is the conclusion? Is gatekeeping totally evil? Should we never do it? Is it wonderful? Should it be done all the
1: time? Where, where do where do we fall on this? I think that it is a spectrum. I think we have good gatekeeping, and I think we've got bad gatekeeping. And Mm -hmm. I think that the use of the word gatekeeping needs to be examined before Mm -hmm. we start using it. You know, before we like fire off that tweet at somebody or like send that DM, maybe we think for a moment, why is this making me uncomfortable? You know, absolutely. And, And then respecting the no. Mm-hmm. Um, because something that you were talking about earlier is like when people try to get more information out of you, especially if you're a professional witch or like working within the ritual, witch realm, people are asking free labor of you. Oh, yeah. Like majorly. Yeah. So I think that it's a spectrum. Um, I think that it's not black and white. I think it's like on a gray scale uh, where we can kind of move around in this space and like find where there is good gatekeeping and like bad gatekeeping. Like we were talking about with the unethical things, like you have to have sex with me for initiation into this tradition to gain the information sort of deal. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. I I agree very much. Gatekeeping is definitely not always a bad thing. It can be a bad thing, um, but it's not always a bad thing. And just because something makes you uncomfortable, or just because someone refuses to put out the labor to become responsible for your magical education does not mean that they're gatekeeping you. It means that they have a life that they need to go and live. And and that's something you need to respect as well. So I think while we shouldn't unethically use gatekeeping, I think we also need to respect gatekeepers who are ethically doing so. Um, And also just not shouting gatekeeping willy nilly because you don't like something.
1: (laughs) Right. Think about the word before we use it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, until next time. Do witchcraft.
1: Do it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support invoking witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.